If tomorrow all the things were gone I'd worked for all my life And I had to start again With just my family and my life I thank my God above To be living here today Cause the flag still stands for freedom And they can't take that away And I'm proud to be an American Where at least I know I'm free And I won't forget the men who died Who gave that right to me And I'll gladly stand up next to you And defend her still today Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the USA From the lakes of Minnesota To the hills of Tennessee Across the plains of Texas From sea to shining sea From Detroit down to Houston From New York to L.A. For it's time we stand and say Stand and say That I'm proud to be an American Where at least I know I'm free And I won't forget the men who died Who gave that right to me And I'll gladly stand up next to you And defend her still today Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the USA And I'm proud to be an American Where at least I know I'm free And I won't forget the men who died Who gave that right to me And I'll gladly stand up Next to you and defend her still today Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the U.S.A. It's going to be a good day. <laughs> title of my message today is Righteousness Exalteth a Nation. If you're looking in the Bible... Proverbs 14.34, righteousness exalteth the nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. I trust that during this holiday weekend you have had time for a conscientious reflection related to the greatness of our country and the gracious God that has made it all possible. You might think upon this fact that the sun never sets upon all the graves of America and their fighting men. Their bodies lie all over the world 
and bear a silent witness to the conviction shared by most of us that ours is a way of life that's worth dying for. I hope you are saying good things about America. A past president, John Kennedy, said, We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe, in order to assure the survival and success of liberty. In 1921, after four years of world war, the body of an unidentified American fighting man was brought home from France and entombed in the Arlington National Cemetery. The marble monument over that place is attended by an honor guard, day and night, 365 days out of the year. It stays there through rain and sleet and summer's heat. The stone is inscribed with these words. Here rests in honored glory an American soldier known only to God. I don't know whether that soldier was white or black or brown or red. I don't know whether he was educated or he was ignorant. I don't know what side of the tracks he was born on. I do not know whether he was a Baptist or a Methodist or a Presbyterian or God helping something else. I only know that he died. I do not know whether he volunteered or was drafted. I know that he died and that God's almighty, our only true God, who ordained governments among men, foreknew that such men would die. God did not cause them to die, but God permitted them to die. That man died for you. And he died for me. You're not a patriot if you do not appreciate what that man bought with his life. We have in this country what all the rest of the world really wants. We have freedom of the press. That is so, so important. We have food on the shelves at the grocery store. All the food that you can imagine. It's right there. We have freedom of religion, which is so important. About half of the world today does not have freedom of religion. We have personal dignity here. We have liberty of self-determination here. I love this great land, and I know that you do. I love those who have dedicated themselves to righteousness Our text says that righteousness exalteth a nation. Great nations and righteousness seem to go hand in hand. Governments are ordained by God and are established among men. These governments governments must be maintained and sanctioned by the force of arms. It has never been different from that. And I am persuaded that it never shall be. So long as evil exists in mankind, governments 
must be ultimately dependent upon the sanction of arms to defend themselves from anarchy. In recent decades, Christians have been dismayed by those that have paraded the Christian concepts of peace and love in an unbecoming manner. Some forget that peace and love are the children of order, not of anarchy. There is a place for disagreement, for redress, with the policies of our government. You can go to the voting booth. But the place is not in ridicule. It's not in burning our flag or in tearing down the institutions that have made this land great. The churches, the schools, the homes, the businesses all across America. Men are not able to tolerate the vacuum of authority. If that vacuum exists, then gradually but steadily, people begin to break in to neighboring businesses, in churches, in schools, in homes. Last night, I assure you, it was not safe to walk down many of the streets in Chicago. When you leave your home these days, you never know who's going to be there when you get back. The time has come for Christians to support those who support the law, whether it would be the armed forces in a distant place or our law enforcement people right here in America. Our law enforcement people risk their lives for us every day. I've preached some funerals for people that were killed in action along the way. And I tell you, it will tear your heart out knowing that they gave their lives for us. We must have order in this land or anarchy will consume every one of us. Our founding fathers, in their determination to end to them what was an intolerable tyranny under an absentee tyrant, George III, did not propose to do away with government, but rather to establish among themselves a government by consent of the governed. A government so conceived as to give the greatest liberty possible for the free expression of the human spirit. Our government has been established at great, great cost in the lives of men and ladies and in our country's money. We lost 4,435 men in the Revolutionary War. In the War of 1812, when our capital was burned, we lost 2,260 men. It was during that conflict that our national anthem was written. As we sing it from time to time, let us think of those who gave their life for it because they, of course, were not able to sing it. Does that star-spangled banner yet wave? It does, but it's in peril, not from the rocket's red glare or the bombs bursting in air, but by the indifference of the populace, by people whose lives are filled with self-centeredness, not with righteousness, but self-centeredness. Usually a small percentage of the people go to vote. 
Only in presidential elections are the voting booths filled. The same Lord that is mentioned again and again and again in our founding documents is mentioned by many today only when they curse. So many never enter a house of worship. They are busy entertaining themselves. With every passing year, we are living in a country that is filled more and more and more by people who are trying to do nothing, but always trying to get more. They feel like they deserve. They deserve bigger and bigger checks every month, if they could, from the government. Chicago is beginning to experience the end result of that philosophy. I saw a section on the news this week about the mayor of Chicago, and he's saying, basically, there's not any money there to pay all these debts. That they are so far in debt, it is unbelievable. I predict that there will be riots in those streets. Maybe not next week, maybe not next month, but it's coming because people have done it wrong for a number of years. And we need to straighten that up if our country is going to survive. In World War II, the United States lost 405,000 399 soldiers. That's a lot of people. In Korea, 54,246. In Vietnam, 58,156. In Grenada, 19. In Afghanistan and Iraq, I can't give you a number because the number is still growing. We still have soldiers there. After all of these lives have been given, and all of the injuries that I haven't uh, referred to, all of the pain that all of our soldiers have been through, many of our church members are still having great pain because of some military injury that they have suffered. After all of these lives and all of those injuries, I saw a lady this week on TV stomping on the American flag. Did you all see that? Did you see that? It was on two or three times. I saw it a couple of times. She was stomping on the American flag right out in the open. She's a teacher at a school, and she said she was trying to teach her students free speech. That is just wrong. Since 1945, America has given hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars to help other nations defend themselves and maintain their national integrity. No one else, no other country, has done anything like that in the history uh, of our world. On this Memorial Day weekend, we want to honor those that have been given that have given their last full measure of devotion. We want to honor those in our church 
who have served with distinction. We are fighting now new wars. Fanaticism has many faces. It today does not wear a swastika, but the Islamic terrorists are real, and they are coming for us. We need the help of all Christians on these new battlefields. There is always a battle for righteousness. If we do not evangelize our land, I fear that our fate will be to lose the battle to the secularists, the communists, the terrorists. Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. About six years ago, when I was preaching here for, I think, two or three weeks, I mentioned in my sermons about a guy named Van Jones being the new green jobs czar. Do any of you remember that? I preached about three sermons. Some people looked at me kind of funny while I was doing it. He was a self-proclaimed communist. Our soldiers did not die for communists. They did not die for all the communists. In fact, in some times in those battles, we were fighting communists. Well, finally, there was such an outcry across America that Van Jones was fired. I was amazed the other night to find out that Van Jones is now a commentator on CNN. Those of you that watch CNN need to know their news is filtered by people that would hire a communist commentator. We face many problems, but there is an answer today. The answer to selfishness and terrorism and communism is not a geographical boundary. It is not a politician's promise. The answer is turning to a righteous Lord and following him. Righteousness exalteth a nation. On April the 8th, 1983, before a live audience and on television, in a dramatic effort to illustrate the tragedy of what would ensue should America lose her freedom, David Copperfield, a renowned magician, created the illusion that the Statue of Liberty had disappeared. Following that incredible feat, the young man spoke briefly, spontaneously. He declared that he was the son of immigrants and that his mother pointed with pride to France's gift of the Statue of Liberty to America. The unveiling was on October the 28th, 1886. That which impressed David Copperfield's mother was not its enormity. It's 305 feet, the pedestal and the statue, 305 feet and six inches tall. It weighs 225 tons. 
But that was not what impressed his mother the most. But a portion of the poem by Emma Lazarus articulating on the statue the basic philosophy of American democracy, especially these two lines. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. Mr. Copperfield continued that America would remain free as long as the citizens remembered to communicate, to care, and to show compassion on their fellow man. True freedom, he declared, is magic. Righteousness exalteth a nation. But sin is a reproach to any people. America has some house cleaning to do. We all know that. Everybody here this morning has a neighbor, has a friend, has somebody in your club and your pickleball team or in your tennis team or uh, that lives uh, uh, in the same HOA that you do that is lost as a goose. And folks, if we don't reach them, if we don't evangelize them, if we don't help them to the Lord Jesus, then our country is doomed. There is so much that's coming at us today, more, I believe, than ever before, from all directions. And what they want is what we have. And they realize, even if they got it, that it would quickly deteriorate. For what has made this great is our God, is our founding documents, is our folks that stand up for the Lord Jesus in the marketplace of life. We need more righteousness here. It doesn't all happen at once. There's never a time when five million people walk forward to make a decision for Jesus. It happens one at a time. My message this morning is is that we want it to happen in this service one at a time. If you're here today and you've never trusted in Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you're here and you've never gotten on bended knee before the the Savior who died for you, if you're here and you have never prayed that personal prayer prayer that he would come into your heart, and today would be a great day for that to happen. If you've been visiting with us and you like to hear the Bible taught, preached, believed, then this would be the place for you. We hope that you'll come and join with us and help us as we try as hard as we absolutely can to evangelize not only our neighborhood, but our area, our state, and even beyond through the missionaries that we send out. Today, if there's a decision for Christ that you would like to make, please come, please come and take a stand with us. For Jesus the Christ. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. I'm going to stand right down here at the front.
If the Lord leads you, you just slip out and come. Take your stand for him who died for you. Let's stand together as we sing.